Okay, we're going to put some verses up on there, up on the screen again, and I'll try to, uh, you know, focus in when the Lord is is laid in my heart for today. And I think that uh, this is not just a message for Bible Center. I think it's a an insightful message for the body of Christ. And though um, it may be just the few that hear it from me. Uh, I'm sure God has other voices that are uh, making this proclamation, uh, you know, throughout the world and in, in His kingdom. Our references goes from Daniel. Uh, Daniel has some major visions and. He, he looks and down through time. Uh, he begins to see the spiritual warfare that takes place. He, he has a insight into how it affects, you know, the natural realm. And um, so he says something about this. It's this Antichrist. He said, he'll speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and laws. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times and a half. You don't want to be there, all right? Lest Satan should take advantage of us, because we are not ignorant of his devices. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the field, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Amen. That is the reading today. There's a story in the Bible about the prophet Elijah. And uh, this particular story tells us of how that, you know, the, the enemy of the Israelites would, uh, you know, they would come against them and, and they would oppress them and they're always trying to subdue them. And the enemy would make a battle plan, uh, you know, of just how they were going to approach this. And, and uh, 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 they were very strategic in their planning. And yet, uh, uh, after they had planned, uh, through the prophet Elijah, the revelation of their plan was given to the Israelites. And so, therefore, every time they went ahead and, and uh, you know, uh, well, they failed. The enemy failed, and they just couldn't figure it out. They figured there was, you know, uh, a mole is what they call it, <laughs> you know what I mean, in their own camp. And really it wasn't a mole in their camp, it was simply Elijah, you know, being uh, uh, revealing by the Spirit of the Lord, you know, the strategic battle plan of the enemy. And, um, uh, uh, you know, Paul says that, that, that 
the enemy has a plan and he has a way, but we, we should not be ignorant of those devices. And so we could just f stop there, but then we could also go to the Old Testament. And the Proverbs says, says that uh, without a vision, no, uh, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So there's, you know, it's just not just, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. There is information that's necessary for the victory in, in the battle. And so there's a strategic warfare that the enemy, you know, uses. Uh, and uh, uh, he, 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 it says in this passage of scripture that he wants to wear down the saints. Now, immediately your mind goes, if you read, you're going to go and say, well, that is at a given time. But I'm going to, you know, uh, offer you, you know, uh, a portion, an alternative this morning. Not that I do not believe that there is a time. But it says that he shall speak. There is a time when the Antichrist will have a face. You understand that? He'll have a face and he will speak. But the spirit of Antichrist, according to John chapter 4, you know what I mean? Is already here, is already working. John even says, they say that the spirit of Antichrist is coming, but I tell you, it's already here. It's already active. It's, it's, it's present. And there is a time when it will have, of course, a face up also upon it. I believe that we live in the, the, the setup times for this face of the Antichrist. What is that time frame? I have the slightest idea. But there is a spirit uh, of Antichrist in the land. Let's start out with, first of all, he says that he will wear us out. He'll wear the saints out. To wear out means to exhaust. We'll discover that the exhaustion is both physical and spiritual. To wear out means to lessen their numbers, to weaken their strength, to wear them out like a garment is worn out, to exhaust, to crush, to hurt, to consume, to afflict, to reduce a little bit at a time. He wears them out. Oftentimes we look at Satan, you know, and see him come as a, like a whirlwind, or it's very evident of what's taken place. As Christians, many times we, we probably look more like when dealing with the enemy, that it's a checker game. Or it's a, it's, it's a game that, that it, wherein, you know what I mean, kickball. 
But Satan plays chess. Satan plays chess. He is strategic. He is, he is, uh, he's in it for the long game. This is not a downer, just bear with me this morning. He's in it for the long game. And I believe that we happen to be in living in the, the heat of the day. When it's hot. His tactics. You know, it says is to wear down the saints. To, to subdue gradually. To slowly, he plans and, you know, he, he executes his agenda to such a point that it's almost imperceptible. How did we get here? How did we get here? It says that he changes times and laws. What is most of the court cases? I mean, that we face today and we can go back in our history and what is it that they are constantly trying to change? The laws. The laws. The very foundational laws of this nation. The very fundamental things that our founding fathers, you know what I mean, by the Holy Spirit went ahead and penned for us. And the laws change. Whether it's a written law or whether it's a law that begins to filtrate into the minds and the, 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 the system and where it becomes accepted. There was a time in this nation, as many of you know, where that God, church, had respect and had honor. That's changed. The spirit of Antichrist. He will change. He will change the laws. changing the very foundation of the nation. You see, Satan could not defeat Jesus. So he's trying to defeat the church. Yeah. 
Now I know that he loses. But that doesn't make it that we just go ahead and, oh well, we win. Because we got to fight. And we got to fight for the long run. And he not only changes the laws, but he changes the seasons. He endeavors to get us out of sync with God. He endeavors to get us out of rhythm with the Holy Spirit. That's how he, how the spirit of Antichrist works. A nation rather than a nation that used to be filled with joy. Now the scene is wall-to-wall conflict, anger, violence. All the nations seem to be not working for peace, but they're troubled. Troubled by morality, spiritual decline. And it's hard to find a truth in government. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Rebuild the foundation. Recover the foundation. Remember when Nehemiah? With the walls in the temple. The first thing is, was, do something about the foundation. Do something about the foundation. We do need a generation of Issachars that know what to do. In this hour, in this time. So he changes. And it says that he will wear you down. Oh, we read the definition. Well, let's see if we can get it into a picture today. You remember remember when just good people used to stand for something? And now they don't stand. I'm not saying they don't stand for something. They don't stand. Paul writes in Ephesians and says that, you know, having done all to stand, stand. 
Sometimes, after you have done everything, all you have to do is stand, take a stand. But they don't take a stand. When prayer was taken out of schools, they began to put laws in place that of a separation of church and state. It was an uproar. But finally the uproar quieted down. He wore them out. He wore them out. I hope you will get this picture. It seems that if you let something hang around long enough, people get used to it. And then what they get used to, they finally begin to accept. It's hard to fathom what's going on. Where's the voices? There used to be. Abortion. He's wearing them out. The chess game. The movements. From one front to a different front. From one court to another court. From one leadership to another leadership. He wears them out. He says, lawless is abound and the love of many will wax cold. Talk about wearing down the saints. Why do you feel the way you do? Why do you run out of intensity and energy? And I mean, and ah, he's wearing down the saints. You pray for years, and there's enough trouble in those years that you start to lighten up. He's wearing you down. 
He's wearing you down. He wears down your spirit. He wears down our soul gradually. Not by big situations, although it has risen to that, but little by little, every day. Are you still praying for that which you prayed for before that still hasn't happened? When the church retreats, evil steps in. When we get wore down, the enemy is not wore down. Now let me say this, it does no good to blame the past. That does not win the game. We must step up. There's a story, a familiar story that we learn in the very earliest of our Sunday school days and that is the story of Samson and Delilah. This is a story about more than long hair or a particular diet. It's really a story about consecration. It's a story about separation that allowed him to have a major testimony. The hair merely represented his consecration. His diet merely represented that he was separated unto God. And by the way, Samson was probably not Atlas looking. That was created by us had nothing to do with his personal strength. It had everything to do with the Spirit of God. Amen. Fact is, they tell me that the nature of the people from which he was born, you know, would more likely be in the small stature. It is neither about his sex drive and his fantasy with a woman. Those are just the strategic strategy of the enemy. The Bible says that 
she went ahead and she wore on him. She wore him down. She wore him down. And imagine now, this may be ahead of my sermon, but he didn't even know the Lord had departed. Woo! But when he told her what was the, his secret that was connected to or just simply represented, it represented his consecration to the Almighty God. And when he let go of his consecration to the Almighty God, he lost his power. And he not only lost his power, but he lost his testimony. It says that she pressed him. She pestered him. She, he, she vexed his soul. She worked on his emotions. You know. This is a possible church. That we've lost our consecration. That we've lost our separation. And is that why we've lost our power? Now, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit is here. He's all-powerful. And then those that were part of her party could have their way with him. There wasn't the dynamic resistance. Satan knew the power that Samson possessed was in his consecration. If he can get us to reduce our consecration, he can reduce our power. I know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But there is connecting in connectors. Consecration.
daily she reduced him daily he reduces the saints everything seems to be okay but praise starts to diminish the spiritual walk with God you know begins to be reduced remember what Jesus said to Peter he said Peter Satan has desired to sift you as wheat you know the process of producing you know flour to sift wheat into flour it's a gradual process of reducing he wants to wear the saints down he doesn't have to but that's his strategy if he can prolong it if he can delay it if he can change the season If he can get us out of sync. He can wear us down. Would I be coming too close to home if I said that in this loss of consecration that church attendance loses its priority? becomes a ritual just part of us you lose your prayer life you're too busy you don't have time to spend with the Lord you know I'm retiring right <laughs> you'll take this out on Pastor Doug No, I'm trying to help us, church. Amen. I'm trying to help us. What? Cut your hair, Samson? more than that it's the token it's the symbol of your consecration I want to thank you for your consecration but I know this that Satan is not going to you know slow up He cannot defeat us if he can't get us to compromise. He can't take away our salvation, but he can render us, render us powerless. We might have enough power for our life, but what about the mission?
Paul said, we're hard-pressed. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. But he says, we're not forsaken. We're not destroyed. The writer of Hebrews addressed the Christians in that day. You know what I mean? As they were, did you know that they were contemplating going back into Judaism? When he says that there's no more sacrifice for sins, okay, he was saying, if you go back into Judaism, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins. It's only in the cross. The, the, the lambs won't do it anymore. They did it previously, but they won't do it anymore. If you go back there, you know what I mean, that's not the answer. And he says, I realize that you've, been re you've resisted. You've been strong. But you're tiring. You're being wore out. But he says, you know what? None of you have become a martyr yet. When he says you have not given yourself to blood, he's saying you haven't become a martyr yet. I mean, you know, that's consecration. Give your life as a martyr. Well, I think we, you know, I'm grateful for dead martyrs for what they did, went through and they stood there, but let's have some living martyrs too. Amen? Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Resist steadfast in the in the faith. He will change. And I have to run this home because they're going to be walking in. I don't want to leave you on the battlefield gasping for breath. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, church, God's got a counterattack. The same prophet Daniel that said that he will change signs and seasons, he lifts the bar way up, you know what I mean, and says, well, I want you to know something. God has the ultimate say. He's the one that sets up, takes down. He changes times and seasons. And Peter wrote in the Acts of the Apostles, he says, I want you to know what? And there's going to be some times of refreshing that's going to come from the presence of the Lord. And he's going to revitalize and he's going to renew, you know what I mean, that, those saints that have been worn out. He's going to stimulate them. He's going to cause them to get their consecration back. And as we get our consecration back, we're going to get our power back. Hallelujah. And when we get our power back, we're going to go ahead and also improve our testimony. Hallelujah. Yes. They might not like you, but that's not your goal. Promise to help point. Let me give you, let me give you uh, uh, some encouraging points here because they're going to be walking in. We have this wonderful prayer time for the for these young people and the leadership that's going to camp. Okay, okay. Some keys for for this. You need to, you know, be emotionally honest when you get wore out. 
more down. Be emotionally honest with the Lord. Okay? Psalms 42 and 3 says, My tears have been my food day and night. As a deadly wound in my bone, my enemies taunt me. Guess what, God? I'm wore out. And I'm not talking about a wear out from age. Talking about a wear out, you know what I mean? From battle after battle after battle, you know what I mean? Prayers made un and yet unanswered. But I guarantee you there's enough answered prayer along the line if you really look at it. So be emotionally honest with God. And then remind yourself of God's goodness. Those songs this morning, Karen, you know what I mean? God's faithful. His grace, he set me free. You know what I mean? I, I mean, we've been positioned. And we've been empowered. Remind yourself of God's goodness. But you also need to challenge your despair. Do not let your despair just have a free course in your life. Challenge your despair. David challenged his. He said, why are you cast down on me, O my soul? Hope thou in God. We need to set some roadblocks up sometimes. We need to get back in sync. I think on course would be a stretch, but in sync. In sync with the seasons of God. And when we get in sync with the seasons of God, we begin to anticipate. <coughs> we get strengthened and we don't give up our secrets. Consecration. Number five, you want to gaze at God, but glance at life. Gaze at God and glance at life. Let, let me just give you those uh, four anchors that I shared at, at Diana's funeral. Okay. The anchor of his presence. The anchor of his promise. The anchor of God's faithfulness or his performance. And the anchor of God's providence. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Don't get wore out. Amen. Don't let the devil wear you out. Amen.